Unified. Day two of the NFL Prospect Series here on the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am Bird. This is soon to be Jake Simone. Jake, how we feeling? How we feeling after the after the first show? We got we got the juices flowing. We were able to talk about the tackles. Now here we are talking about the interior offensive linemen. It's gonna be, a, I think, a lot more debate here. Uh, but first of all, of course, how are you, sir? Good, bro. Can't complain. Cannot complain. Spring's coming. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I can't wait. We just had wonderful weather on on the East Coast. Fifty plus degrees Tuesday and Wednesday. We got that little taste. We got that little taste, dude. Spring golf. Spring golf, it's coming. It's coming. Got that We're right. So close. Got that right, brother. Oh, I can't. I cannot wait. You know, I also cannot wait for. I can't wait to talk about the interior offensive lineman, and we are just going to get right into it. So, if you caught the tackle show, you know how this works. We are going to be giving our top five interior offensive linemen. Then at the end, we are going to be talking about our sleeper choices, guys that we haven't talked about that could stand off to us. And then we're going to be talking about the teams that could be interested in these prospects. So, uh, Jake, since I went first for the tackles, I will give you carte blanche, sir. Go ahead. Your top five interior offensive linemen. All right. So honestly, a lot of my guys can play center or guard. That that also I think matters as well. Agreed. Um, so I'll go with my number five guy, and that is Luke Weipler out of Ohio State, center. Number four, Jarrett Patterson out of the Notre Dame, <laughs> University of Notre Dame. Uh can play center or guard. He played center for I believe it was his first two years at Notre Dame, and then he switched to uh, guard this this past year. And then at number three, I'm going to go with Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Number two, I am going to go with Steve Avila from TCU center slash guard, same type. And then John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. A lot to talk about him, the center from Minnesota. Who was your number four again? Jared Patterson. Okay. All right. So we are different. Thank God. But you have four of my five in order. Really? Yes. In order. I went Luke Weipler at five. I went with Joe Tipman, the center out of Wisconsin at four. He was close. He was close. He was probably like, it's like college basketball. Like you have first four out for, for me, it's like first two to three out. Uh, yeah, he was sure. he was on the list. Yeah, he's number six for me, actually. Sure, and Jared Patterson was my number six for 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 what it's worth. So we're pretty much in the same ballpark. Then Osiris Torrance at three, Steve Avila at two, and then John Michael Schmitz at one. So let's start off. Let's start off with let's start off with John Michael Schmitz because yeah, I think he. Listen, I have a hot take here. I'm going to be sure. completely honest with you. Just like taking names out of the equation, I think he's better than Tyler Linderbaum was last year. Ooh. I really think so. I, I think it is definitely a conversation to be had. This kid is a freak athlete, bro. Like the burst and get off that this kid has on the line of scrimmage is nuts. And the lateral quickness quickness that this kid has 
combined with his power, I, I listen, he might be one of the best centers in football as soon as he enters the league. I would not be shocked. I don't think that's a stretch. I really don't. I think he's going in the first round. I think anybody that doesn't draft this kid in the first round is doing a massive disservice for their football team. I think I honestly think so. I think the problem with 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 uh, JMS is going to be very similar to Linderbaum, where it's he's a strict center. You could put him at guard if you really wanted to, but I think he's no, more. He's of a, a center. Yeah, I think he's more of an out and out center, much like Linderbaum, where there was some talk that you could put him at guard. No, out and out center. Um, he hasn't seen a single snap outside of center. No, for and his he's just higher career better. in Minnesota. Yeah, he's just a much better athlete than yes. Linderbaum. Linderbaum wasn't the most shiftiest guy in the room for me, if that makes sense. I think he had a lot of raw power. This guy's sure. got a combination of both. Sure, and I also think he plays to his size as well, 6'4", 320. I think it's perfect for, for center. I'm not, I don't think anybody is really going to be uh, you know, going at him for, for anything. Um, with Minnesota, they are very run heavy. So I think he has more experience in more of a run heavy scheme than he does in a pass heavy scheme, but he can, obviously he can adjust because he, I think with this goes with the tackles and with the interior offensive lineman, I think out of everybody on, on the map, and this includes Peter Skaronsky, who I'm in love with. I think John Michael Schmitz actually has the best football mind out of any of the offensive lineman prospects, period. His football IQ is off the charts. His play recognition, his awareness, his technique. You could watch this kid and you could say, oh, this is a guy that's been in the NFL for the last 10 years. That's just how yeah. seasoned he looked to me on film. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's a polished prospect for sure. I don't know about the best football IQ on the list, but to be completely honest, you will get to it. Oh, okay. Um, I think I think a lot more goes into football IQ than most would let on. I think if the I, I hope I'm just I know so. that correctly. So I know so. I, there have been scouts that I have talked to for years that have said he may not, we have prospects that may not be the most physically imposing or the ones that you know pop off on film, but you get them in a room and you actually talk shop with them and they wow you with how much they just know about football in general. And that holds so much weight with certain teams. You have guys that are just naturally football smart. I, and that's I what John Michael Schmitz is. Yeah, no. And there's another guy on the list, too, that I like to talk about like that as well. Um, sure. But, yeah, JMS, man, is going to be a stud. From from day one, he's a plug-and-play guy. He's already one. I mean, really, outside of Linderbaum, I can't think of a better center prospect that I've seen ever. Like this is this is a yeah. guy that we have to draft in the first round, people. I mean, if this is a guy that gets out of the first round, this is why NFL GMs get fired right away, honestly. And a good organization will draft him, and they'll probably trade up to draft him in the second round. And you know what, Jake? I do agree with you because I did say last year that Tyler Lindebaum was probably the most polished uh, lineman prospect that I'd ever no, scouted. Th this kid's – I think he might be better. For me, I don't know if Schmitz is better, but he is very close to being at Linderbaum level where I was I watched him and I was like, there really there isn't anything that he does where I'm like, eh, he has to improve. He does everything very, very, very well, if not great. Which yeah. honestly, if you're talking about a guy where again, I don't really know if Schmitz 
he probably is all pro potential, but if he's not, he's not a guy that's going to get an NFL GM fired because he's going to be super consistent. He's going to be super steady. And you know what you're going to get with a player like John Michael Schmitz, which uh, if I were an NFL GM, that's the kind of guy that I would be going after a guy that's not going to make me lose my job. And that is JMS. Yep. Totally agreed. And one last note on him for any yep. of the Jet fans out there, the Jets have had a top 30 visit with him told yes. that the organization is absolutely very high on him and they have a vacancy at center. I would be, I'm, I'm not saying it's a lock. Obviously we have to see some other things and what picks, but that's a guy the Jets would like to add. I think I would think from what I've, uh, what I've heard. I've heard much of the same. I've heard that the, the Jets are interested in him. And I've also heard, even though I, I'm not, I can't confirm a hundred percent whether or not they've had a visit with him. I've also heard the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are potentially interested in him as sort of a long-term replacement for Ryan Jensen. Yeah. Who might retire? Who might retire? Yes. Who struggled with injuries all year. Uh, don't know if he will be back. So that could potentially be be a fit there uh, as well. Just don't know if, if the Jets or the Bucks would do it. And the teens might have to trade back and look at the mid-20s for where you could potentially be looking yeah. at yeah. JMS going. But I, I think he, about. He, he's a trade back slash trade back in to the first round type of guy for me, for yes, sure. Yes, I that I agree with. That I yeah. absolutely 100% agree with. Uh, all right, so Steve Avila, our consensus number two out of TCU. Um, if you're looking, if you're a measurables guy and you're looking at numbers, uh, Avila is not a guy that's really going to pop, pop off for you. He's not a guy that, at least on paper, when you look at raw measurables, not a guy that's going to impress by any means. Um, at the combine, he was solid, uh, tested plenty athletic, uh, athletic enough. But what I think Avila's role is going to be at the next level, which I also know that NFL teams love, and I know, Jake, you know this just as well as I, is that teams love, love, love players that are position versatile, that can play absolutely anywhere where you need them to. He could play at center if you need. He could play either side at guard. He could play either side at tackle. And that is what gets you paid at the NFL. A little bit of breaking news. I'm sorry, buddy. Sure, go Just for it. happened. Former Patriots running back Damian Harris has reached a one-year deal. Want to take a guess of the team? Don't look at your Cowboys? phone. No. Okay, good. Good. One um, more guess. Don't look at your phone. I didn't get it yet. Okay. Uh, the Raiders. Nope. Done. With the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. I don't hate that for James Cook, actually. No, I don't. I, I don't I, hate it either. It could be worse. There could be like Kareem Hunt going to Buffalo or like. Yeah, that would be that would be a little bit of a nightmare. Um, yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Huh. And I like are you that. Take, are you the... taking Damian Harris in fantasy? Depends on the price, actually, because the, the, the scoring upside is. He should the... be free. The Bills needed guys in the red zone. I mean, they yeah. that's where they struggled last year. He should be free. Yeah. 
he's worth a stab. And listen, I think he's if you're going to draft James Cook, which I think you know most people are very interested in James Cook coming into year two. I think James Cook with uh, Damian Harris. Why not? Yeah, I like that better than some other situations. I like that better than any of the Miami running backs. Oh, the Miami situation is just is just an absolute That's a mess. mess. It's, yeah, it, it's an absolute mess. But back to Steve Avila. Well, go watch the national championship game last year also with him. Yeah. Not national championship game. I'm bugging. Well, honestly, it wasn't that bad in the national championship game either. But against Michigan in the, the uh, first round of the college football playoffs. In the, in the what was that? It was the Fiesta Bowl, I think. Uh, who the hell knows, bro? There's a, there's a freaking, yeah, in, you know, Nacho Bowl. In the college, in the college, in the CFP semifinal. Yeah. There yes. you go. But one-on-one, man, he is an absolute stud. And you just look at a guy like that, and, yeah, you know, measurables are cool and all, and that's nice to project players, and that's also part of the job of an NFL scout and, you know, for schmucks like us that try to project this type of stuff. But at the same time, yeah, we're looking for good athletes, but we're looking for good football players, most importantly. And I think that's the, that's what he is to a T. He's just a good football player. You know, there, you look at everything he does. He knows how to run block. He's got good technique and pass protection. One-on-one. Very stout, high character kid, position versatility. He really checks all of the boxes for a kid that will probably go underdrafted, not undrafted, obviously, or, you know, day three, but he'll probably be underdrafted where you're going to be sitting there on day two in the second round thinking, how the hell is this guy still available for a football team? And then when a good organization drafts him, you go, oh, makes sense. Good organization. They're probably licking their chops to get this guy in their building. And he is a... Textbook player for a good organization. Seriously. Yes, yes I would agree. I would agree so, with that. Yeah, I, I I like him a great deal. I think he's one of the safest prospects in this whole draft. I think a lot of these guys on the interior offensive line have a little bit of not like something where you just go, yeah, don't really love that, but he's not one of them. You know, him and John Michael Schmitz are not those type of guys for me. They're, they're the safest bets uh, of, of any of the offensive linemen outside of my guy, Broderick Jones, of course. So let's go and talk about a guy that really was a consensus for most of the pre-draft process going into the college football season in 2022. Uh, Osiris Torrance, there were some issues this year. He had issues with his mobility. Overall stiffness, uh, poor his reps really weren't that super consistent. But where he gets where he really gets off, and I think where a lot of people will fall in love with him is the physicality that he brings, his size, his strength, his ability to really overpower guys, especially in the interior. Six five three forty seven. I'd say that's textbook perfect weight and size that you would really want in a in an NFL uh, guard. Uh, and level of competition also helps, given he was in the the SEC. But Jake, what are some of the things that you saw out of Osiris Torrance, and maybe why he is not your number one uh, interior offensive line prospect? When yeah. for much much of the before twenty twenty two, and even at times during twenty twenty two, he was the consensus number one IOL. Yeah, to me, honestly, you look at him and you just think the scheme versatility. It's not there. This guy has to play in a man blocking scheme. Mm-hmm. Has to. That's what will maximize his ability to simply just take guys to the parking lot. He's definitely a mauler on the offensive line. He's that type of guy. If you're looking to play smash mouth, run heavy football, 
and pound the rock with physicality and force, he's the type of guy for you. There's no doubt about it. He's definitely your cup of tea. I could see why a team may draft him higher than maybe we have him. But pass protection wasn't the best for me either. I thought that the overall agility and athleticism and flexibility, it just was not there for me. You know, just I wouldn't say he's stiff as a board, but he didn't move like these other guys. And the get off and burst when the ball snapped is not there for me either, from what I would like from an offensive lineman. And he relies a little bit too much on his ability and less on technique. And the scheme, his zone blocking scheme with this kid would be an absolute disaster and a disservice to the kid, in all honesty. So, um, yeah, it's look, if I'm a team like Philly, the Ravens, the Titans that play, hey, we're going to run the freaking football 30 times a game and just take take your souls with us. Yeah, I think he's definitely your type of fit. But if you're playing that Mike Shanahan West Coast zone running scheme, he's not a fit in your scheme. And you have to almost not even have him on your board. That's how scheme dependent this guy is for me. So um, should be interesting. So let's go to where we disagree slightly. You have Jared. You have uh, Jared Patterson at your fourth position, and I have Joe Tipman at four. So let's talk about let's talk about Patterson first, and Jake, what you what you saw with Patterson uh, to put him at number four for you, as of course, as a dedicated fan of Notre Dame football. Yeah, well, listen, this kid's football IQ is absolutely off the charts. He makes the entire offensive line better. Um, he was tasked with a lot of responsibilities at Notre Dame where he would call, you know, any potential audibles at the line of scrimmage, um, any type of blocking adjustments that need to be made on the fly. This kid knows how to read a defense through and through. He's a high character guy. He may not have the best measurables and light up the T-shirt Olympics, but this kid is just a flat out football player that will show up to work and put his hard hat on and get dirty. He's not afraid to get physical. In the line, on the line of scrimmage from the point of attack, um, his eyes and just his overall IQ to pick up blitzes and tendencies of rushers and pass protection is definitely seen, and it makes up for his inefficiencies from an athletic standpoint. So I, I think this kid is an, another type of guy where if you're trying to get your program in the right direction, and we're going to be sitting here probably in five, not like five years, but if we're sitting here five to 10 years down the line. And this kid is still in the NFL as a starting interior offensive lineman. That's what he is. Is he a pro bowl type of guy? Probably not. Maybe he can make a pro bowl at some point. I mean, the pro bowl is the pro bowl nowadays, right? It's not really the all pro is the Holy grail of accomplishment in the national football league. The pro bowl is not quite what it used to be. Maybe he can make a pro bowl in his career, but he's just going to be a very, very solid player that when he's a free agent, he probably won't get signed to an extension by a team that's lucrative, but he's the type of guy where, oh, this guy got a three for, I don't know, 20 million buck type of contract where it's like, you know, anywhere between five to $10 million a year. He's just a very steady, solid presence on your offensive line who can play center or guard. I think he's a center at the next level, if you want my honest truth. Absolutely. I, I That's where I think is a great shout. I don't know if he is a guard. I would love to see him at center. I think I he's think a he, center. He could, be, he could be a very, very steady, very steady 
center at the at the next level can can play guard you know i wouldn't i wouldn't you know really i just don't think about it. He, he he can't hang with those athletes at guard i think no fair that's that that's that's fair enough and i i think it's at center he could definitely thrive and we know the history of notre dame offensive linemen and what they bring to the table very steady have have elite traits that that pop off i don't i didn't really see anything elite with patterson but is it possible that he goes to the next level and there's a coaching staff out there that unlocks something with Patterson? Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. Um, but with Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin, for me, the 2021 tape is what really stood out for me. Um, he took a bit of a step back in 2022, but the foundation is there for him to be a really dominant center at the next level, the size 6'6", 317, the mobility that he brings to the table, the power that he brings to the table, the power that he brings to the table, he's got a rare ability to just absolutely maul people at the line of scrimmage. Out of the snap, he explodes out of it. He pulls really well. His stuns are really, really good at the point of attack, and he really holds defenders quite well to a point where you're you're really wondering whether or not he's actually committing a penalty but he just really gets defenders stuck, which at the next level is a trait that every offensive lineman coach absolutely dreams of, where you have a guy that is just so, so steady already that if you can add more high-end traits to him outside of the mobility and the power that he has at the table, then unbelievable. I want to see him improve a little bit with his footwork. His hands are a little solid. Um, but there he he has the raw fundamentals that are that are there, which I which I do like. Totally agree. High character kid, Tim. Yes, super, super high character kid. Um, all right, so then we go to number five, and this is Luke Wepler out of the Ohio State University. Jake, what was the one thing I stood up for you with Wepler? Again, it's the football IQ definitely comes into play when you're uh you know, a center for a team like Ohio State. But the thing with him, and I don't know if I don't want to get caught up with the talent around him. That was a great offensive line in Ohio State for college football stand. Like, when do you have this many guys on an offensive line go the first one to three rounds? Uh, Not really. Ever. Not ever. Not really ever. But – Again, he's another guy. He actually can play guard at the next level as well. I don't think that's too crazy at all. And he's definitely much more athletic than Patterson. But for me, it's just like he's a good athlete, but he's not a great athlete. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I think the raw intangibles are there with, with Whipler. He's got proportional length. Footwork is solid. Hands are solid. Athleticism is above average, I would say. Uh, a little bit smaller at 6'3", 300 pounds for, for a center. So if he's going up against the likes of, let's say, a Jordan Davis or a Fletcher Cox or one of those bigger defensive tackles at the next level, he may have a little a little bit of an issue. Um, I kind of think he is tailor-made. I, I don't know, Jake, if you would uh, agree or disagree with this. I think he is tailor-made for a zone-heavy scheme. Well, I think if you were put oh, in, totally in, agree. in a man in a man heavy scheme, I think you're setting the kid up for for disaster. But overall, a very solid prospect. Not a lot that really wows, but there isn't much there either 
where I'm sitting there and saying, oh, yeah, he's got to work on this, 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 and this. Definitely agree with you there, bud. So let's go to our sleeper choice. Uh, Jake, you want to you want to give your sleeper choice first? This is definitely a sleeper, but for me, I think it's just he's being a little undervalued due to the school he went to. How about Jake Andrews out of Troy? Sure, sure. I, I loved him on tape. Small school kid. I mean, the, the tape was very good. It's just the competition does kind of raise. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's Troy. It's not necessarily the football hub of the world here. <laughs> that, that Like, we're seeing Ohio State, the kid from yeah, Ohio. Listen, absolutely. From, from what I saw, he, his tape was as clean as it gets. And I think if he transferred to another school somehow, um, we would be talking about him in a much brighter light. But he's a guy that I think can honestly play right away for a team and be a steal in this draft that we talk about and be like, oh, this guy was drafted. You see all the time in NFL free agency where the guys that get paid big bucks to play interior offensive line, they're all drafted like, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round, and so on. So I think he's going to be one of those guys. And there are a lot of small school guys too. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. There are plenty of them, at least on my board, that I thought really stood off. We're going to call uh, NC State a small school, Chandler Savalia. I liked him a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Jackson Kirkland out of Washington. You mentioned Jake Andrews. Uh, I'm just trying to see who else here. I'm trying to, I'm going down a little bit on my board. Um, CD Sow out of Eastern Michigan. You look at for I like a guy the kid from, huge... I like USC Voorhees a lot too. He was definitely a, a consideration yes. Yes. for me. Andrew, um, a- Andrew Voorhees was definitely a guy that really stood out. We could talk about Andrew Voorhees. Um, in a minute. Uh, but my guy, I'm going to go with Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. Plays the competition. He goes up against his elite in the SEC. You know exactly what you're getting out of Ricky Stromberg. Hands, great. Lower body strength, great. He really gets down low and anchors himself against power rushers. He's a little stiff, but he has played every position that there is. Got 100 plus snaps at left guard, center, and right guard. Hasn't started at guard since 2019, but can do it at the next level if you really want him to. Uh, arm length, I was a little bit underwhelmed. The short area agility, I really wasn't that thrilled. First step, was he struggled against defenders that had a quick first step. He, he's he got solid in- intangibles. Raw talent just needs to improve on that, and he needs to go to a spot where you could really coach him up, I think. Yeah. No, I liked him, too. I kind of, you know what I got to do? Yeah, go ahead. When we're done, when we're done with this, I'm going to go back to all the episodes we did last year and put our lists. Okay. I do it. I kind of want to do that. I, dude, if you do it, we could definitely do it. Do just do a, uh, a look back and just, see I kind of want to do it. I kind of want to see how on. accurate I have the list on my computer somewhere, but I kind of want to see how accurate we, we were. Honestly, the last two years we've been doing this, right? I think last yeah. year. No, they're really the, the we started in twenty. Yeah, we started in twenty one doing this. Yep. This is the Trevor Lawrence Zach Wilson draft. Yep. So before before we uh, before we get on out of here, let's talk about let's do talk about Andrew Voorhees because he is someone that really really stands out. Six six three twenty five. Actually, think you can play him at tackle or at guard. I think he is versatile enough where you can put him out on the on the edge. Um, solid movement skills for me. Uh, did start at left tackle 
uh, for USC. Leverage was always a little bit of an issue for, for him, but I think if whether you want to have him in, in pass protection or in, in run as a run blocker, I think he's really just – he's consistent, but there isn't anything, that, for me at least, where I'm like, okay, you know, wow. Like, jumps off the page. I don't know. I don't know about you, Jake. Outside of the size, which, you know, at 6'6", 325, he definitely is, is – Yeah, that was impossible. my problem is I feel like he played a little smaller than what he was. I'm like, wow, this guy really looks the part. But then he gets out there and it's, wow, okay, well, didn't really finish that play. And yeah, that play kind of got beat a little bit and didn't really know what was going on. Looked a little confused off the bat. I I just think that there's a lot of tools to work with in the tool shed here that I don't know about right away. He's definitely a little raw for me, but the, I don't want to call it measurables, but the overall intangibles are there with this kid to where Probably would have made the list if I just saw a little bit extra for, from him. Yeah. Yeah. There really isn't anything, though, that made me go like, wow, pass protection. I thought I thought he was fine. And the stats back it up. I think he's just allowed oh, in like 3000 snaps. He's allowed just 11 yeah. sacks, which is yeah, pack 12, though. Sure. Competition. Absolutely. No doubt about like it. Like How many great defensive tackles come out of the pack 12? Right. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, but yeah, that's really the story with, with 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 Voorhees. Is there anything anything else like okay, we could talk about we, we're gonna talk about teams that, you know, could use an interior offensive lineman. One I think really stands out, the Cowboys just lost him to or that they just lost their right guard to the Buffalo Bills. I just spoiled it. The Cowboys could definitely use help at that interior offensive line position. I don't know if there's one that they would go with in round one, but that could be an area that they try that they try and improve on at some point during this draft. Um, Jake, anybody else is really is really jumping off the page that needs interior help? Yeah, I think Cincinnati could always use some form of offensive line help uh, to protect Joe Burrow. Uh, the Jets definitely need a center. Um, honestly, a lot of teams, dude, could always use a center. I just think offensive line is one of those positions where if you're sitting there and you go, hmm. Look at our board. This guy is about 15 spots higher, but we really need, you know, a wide receiver or something like that. Or, well, okay, we can address that at another round, but this kid's way too good to pass up. And I know we have offensive linemen, but it'll work itself out at some point this year. And this guy's due for a new contract soon. Next man up type of mentality. Uh, So I I really think any team would be open to drafting uh, offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I listen. There's no such thing in the NFL as too many offensive linemen. I think no, we've definitely like, learned that. It's like pitchers in baseball. It, it is various. It's very similar because um, you can't win without an offensive line, just like you can't win with pitching in baseball. It, exactly right. That, that is a hundred percent right. You can't have too many pitchers in baseball. You can't have too many offensive linemen in the NFL. No, you can't. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. If you like what you heard, leave a five star review. Tell us how much. You loved the program. Next week, Jake and I will be back. We will be doing running backs and wide receivers. And then the following week, it's the show that everyone has been waiting for, the quarterbacks, before we are moving on to defensive prospects. So for Jake, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.